Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, I just want to let you know about an amazing company, an amazing product that we use in our home every day. The company is Ballish Woodwork. It is owned by my friend Kurt Ballish. He makes homemade woodworks. And for my wife, which you know I love and adore, last Mother's Day, I got her a homemade cutting board made by Kurt and is the only cutting board that we will use in our home. So if you guys love homemade woodwork and you would love to make a piece maybe for your wife, maybe a chessboard, maybe something special for your home, Definitely check out BalishWoodworks.com. Tell them that Richard and Vertical Momentum sent you guys. Have an amazing day. Remember, Vertical Momentum, the only way to go is but up. Welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. If you're a parent, if you have children that play sports like mine does, you definitely want to listen to this and get a pen and paper down because this could be a potential game changer with my friend, Michael. Um, He came out with a great product that my son actually uses and loves it. So we're going to be talking about that. And if you're a veteran, I'm also, we're also going to talk about maybe we can help uh, possible concussions in the military. Mr. Michael, what's up, my brother? How you doing, Richard? Oh, man. Good to talk to you. Life is good, brother. How about you? Oh, just everything's always good. It's the state of mind. You just make it happen. And so how's your day going today? Well, I just finished up a usual day in the office practicing dentistry and uh, actually neuromuscular dentistry, which is uh, some kind of unique uh, that most people don't know about, but that's how we came to uh, come across the mouth guard. So uh, everything is great. It's a beautiful day here in Traverse City, Michigan, and uh, fun to talk to you. Yeah, so like I said, it's been, we've been playing phone tag. I've been having had a couple issues. I almost wasn't able to get on today because a transformer by our house blew out, and we had no power till like 4.30. So we just got it back on, so thank God we were able to, to finally connect. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit where you grew up, and what kind of kid were you? Well, I was always an inquisitive kid, and uh, I always uh, uh, was active. My dad was an exercise physiologist, one of the first in the uh, United States, and so we were very active in sports. I played uh, four different sports. Um, and what, what sports did you play? I played football. I played tennis. I was a wrestler. Um, and, uh, also, uh, I played golf. So, um, yeah, you can't grow up in Iowa. I grew up in Ames, Iowa, uh, and not wrestle. So it's a state law. You have to wrestle. And, you know, like I've talked to a lot of high achievers on the show and a lot of them came from a wrestling background and they say that's where their self-discipline really first started because when you're like some people like when I I wrestled I had to cut weight and it was mostly during the holidays when everybody's at eating their 
Thanksgiving meal and you're just chewing on ice cubes and, and wearing a rubber suit to, to cut weight, it, 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 uh, you have to have a lot of self-discipline. So did that help you in your, in your future? Well, absolutely. I've, I've always been uh, very competent and uh, wrestling was a really good sport for that. I, I love wrestling. I think it's one of the greatest sports ever because it's all, it's all you, either you win or you let somebody else win. But uh, if you really think about it, if you know anything about wrestling, um, you know, there's a stalemate. So if you, if you're stuck and you never give up, then uh, you get to start over, but it's you who lets go and uh, gives up. So uh, there is a little bit of a team competition for wrestling, but uh, all in all, wrestling is it's you and the world. That's what now, I love about it. Now, were you also good in academia? Uh, I was a late bloomer. Uh, I ended up doing really well in, in college, but in high school, um, you know, I, I definitely was diligent, but uh, I think I was a little uh, immature physically and mentally uh, than maybe my classmates. And so I did well. I did OK. I was a B student, but uh, I did a, a lot of things that helped me become a disciplined person. And when I got to college, everything blossomed from there. And uh, now what college did you go to? I went to uh three different colleges to get through dentistry. I went to the Brigham Young University out in Provo, Utah, uh, the first year, my freshman year. And then I transferred to Iowa State back home because I, I thought that if I went to Iowa State, I could get into the University of Iowa Dental School a lot easier being a, someone in state. And I ended up uh, liking Loyola Dental School in Chicago much better. So I didn't go there anyway. I went to dental school in Chicago after three years of college, and then I transferred back a, a, a two semesters to graduate from Iowa State while I was in dental school. So the first year of dental school, I, I transferred back and uh, got my undergraduate degree while I was in dental school as well. So, you know, what was it that made you choose dentistry? What was it? What was the allure? <laughs> that's a that's an interesting story because. Uh, growing up in Iowa, um, my parents came from a farming background. When they were growing up uh, in southern Idaho, both their parents were uh, dairy farmers. And uh, I don't know if that had me uh, gravitate towards uh, veterinary medicine, but I wanted to be a vet. And so, uh, I don't know, senior year, I went, there was a vet student that I met at church and I uh, asked him if he, I could go shadow him and he said sure come on and so we went and we did a uh, first thing we did was a surgery on a pig and I thought that was really cool and then he said well we got to go check my uh, cow project and we go into the barn and he puts on a big long glove up to his shoulder and he lifts up the tail and sticks his arm all the way to the shoulder in the hind end of a cow. And uh, I was shocked by that. And I said to him, uh, if you want to be a small animal doctor, do you have to do that? And he goes, everybody has to do that. And I was so disappointed <laughs> because I was not going to do that. And uh, 
so I ended up going home and telling my dad, and he had a big chuck, chuckle about that because, uh, he, you know, he knew all about it. And so um, he, he said, well, why don't, you, why don't you look into dentistry? Because all you do is work three days a week and play golf the rest. So I thought that was a pretty good uh, career. So I started looking into it, and the more I did, I liked it. It turned to come to find out. Uh, 34 years later, I've I've never played. I've never worked less than three or four days, and I haven't played golf that much. But uh, I do play a little bit. But uh, I just uh, you know shadowed and really learned to like it, and just fell in love with it. And uh, it's uh, it's been a great career for me. Now, uh, talk to because I have a lot of people that are that are business owners here. So what was it like getting out of college and then putting up your own shingle and, and starting your own company? How, what, what was that like? Well, uh, from my perspective, it was uh, just exactly what I really wanted to do. I remember uh, one of my classmates telling me that he didn't know for sure if he was going to get a job when he got out and I looked at him and said, what are you talking about? You know, you make your job, your, your job is what you make of it. <laughs> I'm not going to get a job. I'm going to make a job. And uh, what I did was I went to the library and I found a book put out by the American Dental Association of every dentist, their address and phone number and how old they were and some other demographics uh, in the United States. And uh, I looked up, Illinois, where I was at. My wife was from Illinois, and that's where I wanted to be. And so I uh, looked up the doctors over 60 years old, and I made a list of 60 of them. And uh, I started going down the list. And the first one I talked to had a little practice, and he wanted to sell it. And so I bought it from him. <laughs> we started from there, and I started working, uh, doing everything I could, and building up this practice. Uh, and I worked there for 11 years and I sold it to a person who worked for me and moved up to Michigan and started all over again. So you had, you had to start over again. Yeah. So now did you take what you knew and just reapplied it? You know, because sometimes, you know, they say success leaves clues. So is that all you did was just replicate it? Well, uh, in some respects, but uh, also, you know, when you in dentistry, dentistry, there's an art and a science uh, that kind of meld together. And there, there are scientific principles that you must follow, of course, and procedures that uh, get the best results. But also there's other things that, uh, you know, you kind of create. And uh, that's where I kind of evolved into where I am today because uh, in 1987, when I graduated from dental school, uh, cosmetic dentistry was kind of coming into the forefront. And I was really uh, interested in that. I like to create things and uh, it was very appealing to me to be able to uh, take a person who uh, had needed their smile uh, made over and that I could I could change their life by uh, creating a smile uh, for them 
uh, that that made them happy, that made them want to smile and and uh, not cover it up. And so that began my progression into where I'm at today. I became accredited in the Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. Uh, there was when I started doing that, there was only 125 in the world, and it was a big challenge for me. And uh, I I was able to accomplish that. And now there's uh, only about Six six hundred in the world that have been accredited in the Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, but uh, that that really pushed me towards neuromuscular dentistry because if your bite isn't correct, you're going to grind your teeth and destroy those beautiful teeth that that I created, and so I wanted to to know how to manage that, and that's where uh, I began to learn about neuromuscular principles and how the jaw fits together, which uh, evolved into creating uh, Power Plus Mouthguard and where we are today. So now um, talk to us about how you got into, you know, um, talking about sports injuries, you know, because I'm I'm very interested in that because, you know, I was an athlete growing up, um, but I was also in the military for, for over 20 years. And I think that if, you know, I was a tanker, so if we were on tanks and got to use a mouth, you know, a great mouth guard, I think it would alleviate a lot of concussions, you know, possibly PTSD and, and hopefully, you know, CTE. So talk to us how you got involved in the whole um, sports injuries. Well, it just kind of uh, one of those things that just sort of falls in your lap and, uh, and you put uh, two and two together and you just uh, just kind of realize that uh, this has a lot of ramifications. I, what I was doing was um, I wasn't satisfied with the TMJ syndrome treatment that we were taught in dental school. It was very, it was very arbitrary. Uh, there wasn't a lot of science to it, uh, basically. Uh, in a nutshell, we were taught, and it's even taught that way today, pretty much, that uh, people grind their teeth, that we don't know why, we can't stop it, but uh, if we put a piece of plastic between their teeth, they'll grind on that, and they won't hurt their teeth, and so that's what you do, and so uh, that's still state-of-the-art, basically, in dentistry for the most part, Uh, but that just didn't make sense to me. I always feel like if you can get to the source of the problem, any problem in life or anything that you're up against, if you, if you find the, the source of the reason of the problem, we can pretty much uh, correct that problem. We can pretty much fix that problem. And so I began studying and looking at other alternative methods. And I, I came across this person in Seattle. His name is Jim Carlson, uh, one of my mentors. And he, had been working on a different approach and a, and a different understanding of how the jaw worked. And he had come up with a, a fantastic treatment, a, a pretty much a cure for TMJ, which I still use today. I've used, uh, adapted some of my own thinking and my own methods, but basically the core principles that he uh discovered and taught uh, are what we use today in neuromuscular dentistry. And so 
uh, I went to him. I learned. I had about five really severe TMJ patients that I didn't know what to do with. And of course, uh, that's not uh, good for me. I don't like it when I can't help you. I don't like it when I have to tell you I don't know what's wrong. Uh, and I, I, I try very hard to never say that, that I can't help you. Uh, but uh, so anyway, I, I learned from him. I came back. Uh, I took those five patients and I, I cured their TMJ. And when they... And I continued to do that when anybody who had headaches, chronic TMJ, jaw pain, uh, didn't sleep, uh, neck pain, back pain, all comes from uh, a component of, of your temporal mandibular joint or how your jaw fits together. And so as I was uh, taking these patients, they would come back to me and the majority of them would say, that they felt like they had a lot of energy and they felt like they didn't have to take a nap in the afternoon anymore. And that they, uh, some of the women would say, well, you know, I have these boxes for my holiday decorations that I can't, I couldn't lift, but now I can lift them up and uh, I feel stronger. And that really intrigued me. So I started to investigate that and find anything that I could find about uh, increased strength and jaw position. And there were a couple of articles, I'll cite one, and that was uh, done at Notre Dame in 1983, where they uh, studied Notre Dame football players, and the results were they had increased strength, increased stamina, and less knee injuries, which I thought was so, so very interesting. And so I started to develop uh, because of my uh, dad, exercise physiology background, and uh, my background in sports, I, I started to, to develop a mouth guard that anybody could, could actually make at home and put their jaw in this correct physiologic jaw position because uh, the figures are really high. About 98% of us have a jaw position that is not perfect. So it... Uh, it kind of holds us back. And so I, I started developing and testing this uh, mouth guard design. And it worked so well that uh, Wayne State University Biomedical Engineering Department tested it. They wanted to see what was it about. And they showed a 16.8% increase in strength with 40 football players on their football team that they tested. And that uh, sprung me into... Uh, uh, sending in a patent on this technology, which I was awarded in 2015 uh, in the United States, Mexico, and Canada as a, uh, a new technology to increase strength uh, by putting your jaw in the correct position. Now, you also, and I've I seen something, I don't remember where I've seen it, but it said that the CDC says that sports injuries, including concussions, have increased increased 60% in children, even though we're supposed to be more mindful and with helmets and all that. Why the big increase? I think a lot of it is uh, better diagnosis, more awareness. When I was playing football, uh, the old saying when you got your bell rung is, you know, rub some dirt on it, get back in there. Uh, and we don't do that anymore if uh, at, at all. Uh, I'm sure there's one or two 
people out there that still say that, but for the most part, most coaches uh, and people that are involved in athletics are better trained. And so they, they get uh, these athletes to the right uh, diagnosis. And so I think that's a big part of it. And I think more and more people uh, are in sports. Uh, more and more people do things. There's there's so many more physical activities. Uh, I don't think when I was growing up that there there were this as many people skateboarding and doing some of the extreme sports that they have now. And so there's so many uh, more options for people to get hurt in. But also, if you if you look at the military, and I just want to point out that. Uh, I, I looked at the latest figures and the military has about 325,000 concussions every year just in the military. And most of them are not during uh, any war conflict, but they're in training and they're out there uh, getting their training in the military and they, and they get concussions and these things can hamper their life uh, through the rest of their life. And so uh, I think, one of the important areas that uh, needs to uh, learn about this technology is the military because there's so many people that uh, in the military that, that end up with a concussion or two or three. So when you first came out with this technology, you know, um, because you know, like you said, and I think we told when we talked earlier, you know, that mouthpieces haven't really changed in the last 50 or 60 years and it was just like all right whatever i'll just put it in my mouth and hopefully it'll work so did you get any blowback from the new technology oh definitely uh you know human beings are uh people who don't like to change very much and uh we hang on to these historical traditions for some reason for as long as possible it's actually been 71 years since the American Dental Association came out in 1950 with a, a mouth guard that they designed as a result of uh, an article in Life magazine where uh, they talked about some Notre Dame football players that were breaking their teeth playing football. They had uh, really not very good helmets and they had no face mask. And... Uh, so from that, it sprung into the ADA uh, sanctioning a mouth guard for poor contact sports. Uh, and, and then in 1973, the NCAA actually made a rule that you had to wear a mouth guard. But as everybody knows, mouth guards uh, are uncomfortable. Uh, they're big and bulky you can't breathe with them you can't talk with them uh they're one size fits all for everybody even though everybody is different in their anatomical makeup and so this is why uh the culture has uh, this idea about mouth guards and the higher up in in level of, of athletics that you get you start seeing less and less mouth guards in the nfl there's no there's no rule that you have to wear a mouth guard so uh, the majority of the players don't wear a mouth guard because they got to breathe, they got to talk, it gets in the way. Uh, 
and they're more of a style now, which is even worse because some of the ones, and I'll point, I'll be blunt and say the pacifier is a, the worst mouth guard you could possibly ever wear uh, from a physiologic standpoint because it opens you up too much. It puts a tax on your nervous system, causing you to be weaker. It drops your oxygen intake and it puts your uh, ball and socket of your TMJ in a risky situation. So when you get a blow to the head, your risk is higher to get a, a concussion than uh, one that uh, is fitted correctly in the physiologic job position. So now when you first started out, did you have to go to different high schools and colleges and talk to the ADs and try to get them to start using it? Well, I tried to do everything I possibly could. And when I uh, first began doing this, uh, I was doing uh, testing and I needed to get data and I needed to really uh, form a hypothesis that was true and not just some anecdotal thing that had been going on for uh, 20 years before that, you know, if you put a, a mouth guard in, somehow you're a little bit stronger, uh, but nobody could explain it. And, uh, you know, I should say that uh, it, this this tr this traditional thinking is still around when it comes to concussions. And you you'll if you you don't have to look far very far to hear a person say that mouth guards have nothing to do with concussions. And you know what? They're they're kind of right because a traditional seventy-one year old mouth guard doesn't put your jaw in the physiologic jaw position. So yeah, it doesn't. Uh, do anything for concussions and actually it makes it worse but if you put your jaw in the physiologic uh, mandibular rest position then it drops that concussion rate down to 0.2 percent so uh, it's right and it's wrong it depends on what mouth appliance you're using uh, determines whether it uh, prevents uh, concussion incidents or not so that's that's really an important thing, but uh, yeah, it, going around to uh, I went to Glacier football clinics. I went to Nike Coach of the Year, um, and I talked to anybody I possibly could, and I found that a lot of people were uh, really, you know, just never heard of it before, and so they were a little bit. Uh, cautious in what uh, that could do. And so it's taken things like this. It's taking uh, times when I can go and, and speak and talk about and educate about a new technology where it's come to the point where today when there's no answer to concussions, people are frustrated and they're becoming open-minded about this technology and it's starting to really flourish um, and we're seeing a lot more professionals even in, in many of the sports, uh, even tonight in the, the playoff game, that NBA playoff game, there's going to be people wearing power plus. So, uh, this is something that is, uh, taking hold because there's no other answer. So now talk to us about some of your big success stories, because I'd rather you talk about them than me talk about them. So talk about some of the people that actually 
wearing the power plus and what they what their um, theories are on it as far as their play goes and their health. Well, uh, I, I got to go back and start with um, the very first person that I was able to test this theory on. Uh, he was a local celebrity here in Traverse City. He was the police chief and the fire chief. And he had a hobby of bench pressing. He was over 65 years old. And he made it on the United States powerlifting team by lifting uh, 398 pounds, which was a, a national record at the time, a national championship for uh, that age group. And so uh, they wrote an article about him in the paper. And he said that he had lifted 398 and the world record was 435. And he was going to Prague to represent the United States. And he wanted to break that world record. So uh, that was at a time when I was just putting together how this would work. And so I called him and out of sheer faith because I didn't have any other data. I didn't have anything but uh, working with uh, TMJ patients. And I told him, I can get you your world record tonight if you just uh, come over and I'll make you a, a quick mouth guard and then you can go test it out. And he actually fortunately believed me. And uh, I believed in myself and I believe the technology, but I had no proof. And so he went and that night he lifted 455 pounds and got uh, a little bit afraid and quit because he thought he was going to hurt himself. But uh, boy, was he excited. And then uh, he called me and I told him that the average increase in, in strength would be 25%. So that would put him up about 480. And I said that I would love to have his weightlifting logs. And so for the next six weeks, he gave me his uh, meticulous weightlifting logs and his workouts. He reached uh, 525 in that period of time, went over to Prague and broke the world record and held it for 10 years. So I knew that at that point, physiologic jaw position was a true principle and that I had to find a way to get this technology to every athlete. Every athlete wants to be better. Every athlete wants an edge. Every athlete tries uh, as hard as they can, but when their body's holding them back, uh, some flourish and some uh, struggle. And so uh, from that point in time, that's when I started to really work on uh, getting data. And so um, the next, I guess, celebrities that uh, really helped out were my son, his eighth grade football team, and uh, a friend of mine, an orthodontist in town, his sons were on the Catholic school. So I had 100 subjects that I could study. And those boys went six years uh, with no concussions playing football and uh, the, the Catholic school won five state championships in a row. And my son's uh, teams had three uh, undefeated seasons. So um, that was some data uh, that I collected that really helped. And that uh, put me through to uh, Wayne State University and their testing. But uh, I guess the poster child that people would recognize uh, for Power Plus Mouth Guard is Daniel Sorensen. 
who plays a free safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is his eighth year in the NFL, two Super Bowls, uh, wearing power plus mouth guard. And he has had no concussions. He went from a undrafted free agent practice player to starting on the Kansas City Chiefs. And he uh, will readily uh, say that he didn't do anything different than he normally uh, did in his workouts except for using physiologic job position. And he actually uh, made a statement this year to me that he feels invincible with that mouth appliance in because if you recall uh, the, the Browns Chiefs game where the Chiefs were uh, about ready to lose and Daniel came across at the goal line and uh, hit the running back in the head with his head <laughs> and he fumbled out of bounds and there was a touchback and that, that gave the Kansas City Chiefs uh, the win of the game and into the Super Bowl. And uh, Daniel, of course, jumped up and went back in the game and uh, was uh, no worse for wear. And it's because uh, I believe he's been my poster child for eight years in the NFL playing free safety. You don't make it through there without getting a concussion, and he's had none. So he's, uh, he's probably the poster child of power plus mouth guard. Okay, so now I got a couple of business questions because this is also a business podcast. Obviously, you know, I'm big on LinkedIn, obviously, where we met. Um, and I love hearing these people, you know, some everybody has different answers, and I'd love to get some knowledge from you. Uh, if you had to start all over again with little to no money, how would you do it? Well, that's kind of how I did start with <laughs> little to no money. But back, you know, this is a, an age where you can do that more readily because of the Internet. You can uh, – most things are uh, networking, grassroots networking. You can do it uh, with very little cost. Uh, I believe it takes longer and uh, because, you know, it's, it takes longer to, to learn how to do it. But when you find the people who are successful at it, then it starts costing you money. But um, the internet is basically a, a great resource. It takes uh, no money to, to send out a post or a tweet. Um, it takes no money whatsoever, and it takes very little time. And the important thing is to be able to take your, your idea and your product, number one, uh, and realize that uh, persistence is the number one uh, attribute in being successful. If you quit or give up, then uh, your fate is sealed. And so uh, having persistence in anything in life, but especially in, the, in an entrepreneurial way, uh, is so valuable because uh, you're going to run into Many naysayers are going to go uh, run into people who have their certain agendas uh, as to why they don't want you to be successful. And uh, you cannot allow that to stop you from what you know is true, especially when you have something uh, like I do where you know it, it's a true principle. And 
it just needs to be uh, disseminated out to all the people that uh, have a need for it. And so um, I've always been in this situation uh, really contrary against, um, you know, giving up a percentage of my business or, uh, you know, uh, I went, I got invited to go on Shark Tank, but I, I turned them down because of pretty much that reason that uh, I didn't want to have to give up a uh, majority of the, my idea to someone who really didn't know the science behind it. I, I had a big fear that they were, they were going to ruin it. They were going to uh, make claims of it that can't be, can't be made. And I can, I couldn't stop them because they had a majority of interest in uh, the business. And so that's uh, one thing that kept me from doing that. And, uh, you know, really in a, in a thing where you have something that changes and makes things better, you have to trust in that. And, uh, and especially now you can use the, the online and the internet presence and you can, and you can really build it pretty fast. Uh, if, if you uh, are persistent and work hard at it. So what is the most important lesson you've learned while in business? Uh, I would say that uh, it's very important to uh, get good coaching, uh, talk to people who have been successful at what you want to do. And I think also, uh, but again, be persistent, never give up and believe in yourself because you're going to have people who tell you you can't do it. Uh, you're going to have uh, so-called experts tell you that you can't do it, that it's, that it's uh, not possible. And you just can't, you can't buy into that. You have to, you have to know uh, and be confident that what you have is, is important. Uh, and this, let me use it one illustration, what I mean by that. In 1633, Pope Urban V, he was the most powerful man on earth at the time. And he told Galileo to stop teaching that the earth in the solar system revolved around the sun because that was heresy. And he told Galileo that if he didn't stop committing that heresy that he would uh, be in house arrest and he put him in house arrest and he told Galileo that all he would have to do is recount his science and what he said and preach what the true principle was that the sun revolved around the earth and Galileo didn't Galileo died in house arrest because he knew that was true that the earth revolved around the sun and there was nothing that could change that truth that he knew. And so I use that and I think about that a lot, that even though the experts, so-called experts in our time uh, believe one thing or preach one thing, that isn't always the absolute truth. And that uh, if, if we persist in what we're doing, eventually the truth will come out and the experts will also learn a new truth that they didn't know before. And so this is uh, something I can't emphasize enough 
that if you have uh, something that you think is of great value and that you believe and you know that it's true, then you should uh, pursue that with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. I love it. So what are the top three pieces of advice would you give to somebody just starting out new in business? Spend more time than the next guy. That's number one. Number two, believe in your yourself and your product and make sure that, or, or service and make sure that you, you study and that you know everything that you can about it. Um, and that you look at things that, that, uh, you might not understand about it so that you can make sure that uh, everything that, that you want it and hope it to be uh, truly is the truth. And number three is um, just go out there and just be relentless and uh, don't have any fear. I, uh, when I was early in doing this, I had uh, a little mantra that I, I, I would say to myself that uh, all I need is uh, 20 seconds of courage to uh, give an elevator pitch. And so oftentimes I'd be traveling, I'd be in an airport and I'd see a lacrosse team and I'd say, all I need is 20 seconds of courage. And then I'd go over there and introduce myself to the coach and I'd tell him about physiologic job position. And uh, I can tell you that I never, uh, received a bad reception that uh, always people were so interested and, and intrigued and it made sense to them and and uh, I could follow up and oftentimes I would I would get a sale out of that I would sell the whole team and um, and they would talk to others about it and they had friends and uh, you know human nature is is great we you know we like people to be successful and we like to tell our friends about it and uh, we like to help people. And you'll find that if you're, if you believe in yourself and you just uh, go out there with your invention or your service and uh, you know, with the passion and tell people about it and never give up. So how do we find your products? How can we get in touch with you? How, cause I, my son loves the product. I've actually had some of the players on his team. Um, Cause he starts soccer practice coming up in the next week or two and his coach is very interested. So we got word of mouth going. So how does somebody find out about what your passion and your mission is? Well, it's called uh, power plus mouth guard power because it increases your strength and plus because it uh, reduces the G forces and concussion down to 0.2%. So you can go on power plus mouth and it brings up all the information you want to know. And it gives you the opportunity to order it uh, right now. Uh, you can get a discount. There's a code on there that you can use in the promo code and you get 10% off. So I uh, go to powerplusmouthguard.com. And uh, there's videos, there's uh, science, there's information. And also the uh, email, if you want to email powerplusmouthguard at gmail.com you can uh it goes right directly to me and i'll respond to you and, and answer any of the questions that you might have 
This is a, a product that every mother should know about because um, every mother wants their kid to be successful in sports, but they really want them to be safe. No, nobody wants any of their children to get hurt. And uh, this is a product that is a must for any kid who plays sports. I love it. And like I said, my son loves it. He loved the color. We loved everything about it. And I can't wait for him to start using it to give my feedback. Um, this is going to go out late uh, next season because we have um, a brand new producer. So he's, he's making everything look all pretty and nice. So, brother, I'm so glad to have you come on and hang out. I'm truly appreciative of everything you're doing. And you are saving lives because um, a lot of people don't realize that when people get concussions, a lot of times, like I have a traumatic brain injury and there's a lot of people that I've known that have TBIs that have committed suicide because of the TBIs. So I think you're doing a lot of great work and you're changing a lot of lives. And I just want to say thank you. Well, appreciate it. And thank you. And it's uh, absolutely true that uh, we get to the source of the problem. We can correct the problem. And this is one that uh, has been needed for a long time because the concussion rate has not changed very much in the last 50 years until now. And until now we start, uh, are more aware of what the jaw and the relationship to the skull has and the brain. And that's so important that everybody needs to know. And I really appreciate the time that you've given me to talk about it on your show. And I really appreciate it a lot. And, uh, thank you very much. No, thank you. Thank you, Doc. And I'll be posting stuff in the next couple of weeks just to promote your business, just because you're doing amazing work. Well, thank you very much and uh, have a great day. All right, Doc. Thank you so much. Have an amazing week. Thank you. Happy Fourth of July. You too. Stay safe. Bye. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.